0: Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. Please check the three dots menu at the top or look along the bottom row until you see a cog item. Icon, adjust the quality to advanced or higher quality most videos are now available automatically in 1080p so i am very grateful for that upgrade that has happened on youtube recently you can also check along the bottom row until you see the languages toggle and then switch on subtitles in your language this used to be a naturally available feature with youtube but they took it away sometime last year uh, but praise the lord it's back so if you're from another nation and you might have had troubles tracking what i'm saying or wondering if there were going to be translations made you can now look along the bottom row and look for an icon an icon that will put closed captions and then search among the closed caption options for your country and you can get what i hope are decent subtitles in every language I'd like to welcome old and new subscribers back to The Master's Voice. It's always good to see you. I will be starting a new series, but I'd just like to mention at this time that for native Spanish speakers, I've recently had uh, the opportunity to work with a blessing of a woman, and she has volunteered to translate some of the more urgent of these prophecies. Into Spanish. And so, if you're a native Spanish speaker and it would be easier for you to hear these prophecies in your native tongue, you can go to the new channel, which I will leave in the blog description below in the description box, and you can go and subscribe there. Please share that channel to other people so that this word, these prophecies, can be more widely shared in the United States. While this is not an, a United States channel, a large amount of The prophetic words concerning the future and the times of now and the times in between have been given by the Lord concerning the United States of America and so it would be a great blessing to me and a help to others out there who are absolutely unaware of the things that God is talking about right now if you would visit that channel if you would subscribe to the channel and if you would share the videos in Spanish with other Spanish speakers as always I say please share with others as your heart is led but do not let the hesitancy that it might be in your heart, whether you're sharing these videos in English or another language, please do not use the natural human fears or hesitancies as a reason to say, I don't think God is telling me to share this right now. We are in a season, we are in a time where we're going to have to overcome many natural hesitancies, many natural fears, many natural prejudices, Things that would keep us from being active co-laborers with Christ. So if you're thinking, oh, this person might get angry if I share this, that's not a good enough reason not to share. We have to come to the Lord prayerfully and say, God, show me where to scatter seed. Show me where to place the seed so that it will grow even minimally in the heart of others because I want them to be forewarned and forearmed even as I have been on this channel. I'd also like to say that I started the Master's Voice Prophecy Blog channel on on Rumble. Um, So if you could also visit Rumble, check out the videos there. Just Google the Master's Voice Prophecy Blog. Look for it on Rumble and you will see the videos there. If you're a Rumble user, you could use that platform. You can also share with others so that other people can be aware and more people can begin to visit the channel there. So without further ado, I am starting a new series today, and this is simply called the Sin Series. This is not with any particular focus on the United States, even though she does take up a bulk of prophetic words in this series as well. But in this series, the Lord has sent me to talk about what sin is. So the pivotal verse that we're going to be staying with as we move through this series is Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34, and it's a very short, simple, and hard-to-mistake verse. It says, Sin, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So what does that mean? It means that the pursuit of righteousness in God's eyes and by God's perfect design is his will for all people. This does not only refer to people as a group, it also refers to people, each one of us individually. But God's perfect ideal for any society, because we don't dwell as islands, we don't live alone, we don't exist one by one like straws in the wind, God's ideal is not only the pursuit of individual righteousness, but that there would be righteousness in every enclave. So every group of people, every family, every, even if you don't have children yet, every group of two that has come together in mandate in marriage before the Lord's eyes, that is considered a group. God's ideal for all human beings is that we would dwell encased in the righteousness, not the righteousness that comes from us or comes from our ideas of, what is righteous, but the righteousness that is given to every soul that has confessed Christ Jesus as Lord. When a person begins to understand that it is impossible to please God apart from the righteousness that Jesus imparts, only Jesus was able to fulfill the whole law of God. Jesus is not only the grace that is constantly taught in modern Christianity today, It's a great fallacy that only teaches Jesus in one dimensional form, which is that Christ is grace. Christ is grace. Christ is also the whole of the law. Christ is also the whole of prophecy. He is the fullness of all that the father has ever envisaged, ever desired for mankind, ever spoken from his heart to his creation down here on earth. And so the righteousness of Jesus Christ is a whole righteousness. It touches the heart. It touches the mind. It touches this mortal vessel. It touches the flesh. It touches the soul. It touches the spirit. The righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ is the only thing that is able to properly encase the human being in a covering, if you will, that makes the human being pure, honorable and acceptable to God. There are many people who like to argue, especially now when we are in the age that I just called the dismantling of everything. This age that we are occupying now as we go further and further into the end times is the age where everything that was true, everything that was known to be true, every fact that had been stood on by generations and generations before us is now being torn and dismantled. And in its place is a kind of poor man's existence, a kind of poor man's truth, where now, instead of truth being whole and truth being collective, truth is now highly individual in all the societies of the world. So it's a kind of do you gospel, do what works for you. And this is the gospel of the satanic church and its father, Satan himself do what thy wilt, do whatever you want to do. You can craft any reality that works for you and live in that reality and be perfectly within your rights to do so. So there's no collective truth. There's no universal truths anymore. There are no facts, even the hardwired facts that have run this planet since it was creation as what each thing is, what each thing is intended by God and what each thing shall always be, all those things are being redefined. And when you look at this new poor man's existence that has come into the world today, you find one nation at the forefront. It is not Russia. It is not China. It is the United States of America that stands guilty before the Lord Jesus Christ of recrafting every single definition of every single thing that God spoke in the beginning of time in Genesis 1 and said, let this thing be this thing. Let this be darkness and let this be light. Let this be good and let this be evil. Let this be male and let this be female and let these be the flora and these be the fauna of the earth. Now we live in a reality that is melding and constantly shaping itself Due to powers that human beings have invited into this mortal realm because of the unfaithfulness of their hearts, because of their desire to cast off all restraint and live according each man to his own gospel, his own truth, his own comfortable reality. The result of that is that we have the dismantling of everything, the breaking down of everything. And this family, I have to tell you, is why we will end up with a severely mixed up destruction and highly, highly painful existence as humans in the end of days. This is what will destroy us ultimately. The inability to love what God says is lovable and hate what God says is repulsive. Because we elevate what is evil, and we debase what is good, the ultimate punishment for sin, the reproach of sin will be that God will give us what we clamor for. God will give us what we, what we are hungry for, what we're panting after. That is what he is going to give us in the end times. And that will be the ultimate destruction of a great many people among us. And so I start with this introduction and the first series that I'm going to look at. I'm going to look at things that God was talking about just generally in the world that we commit as sin. And so on the blog, there came a time in right in the middle of the year uh, in 2019, where the the Lord gave me a very shocking series. And the title of the series, he called it was Profanity of Profanities. It's very shocking series. God opened my eyes and showed me a great many things that I really wish I did not have to see. It was up close, personal, and graphic things. And one thing I would like the audience to understand here is when I'm bringing out and I'm prophesying the things that the Lord has shown me, I'm not doing it for a for a sensationalized response from any from anyone. This is one of the things that I I greatly wish that users of the master's voice will understand. Uh, We don't really understand how damaging sin is. And that is because to a large extent, sin is not taught in its bare faced uh, natural state. Sin is greatly covered up by those who are given charge over God's people. They don't tell God's people how damaging sin is. They don't tell God's people what the ultimate cost of sin is, which is the slow and steady decline of the person until eventually the person is weak enough to be destroyed by sin. Sin is not taught to us properly in that most people don't understand that sin is actually a living thing. Sin is not this inert wet rag that's just lying around and then you happen to walk into it like a damp puddle and then you say oh my feet got wet. God is speaking to Cain in Genesis chapter 4 and he says to Cain, Cain why are you so upset and why has your face gone dark? with anger. If you do well, you will be accepted. But if you do not, sin crouches at the door and its desire is toward you. Now just think. As a Christian, whether you were a born again Christian, you've been walking with the Lord a few years, or you're clocking the large numbers like 10, 15, 20, or 30 years in salvation, what do you think the change would be in your attitude, not only to holiness and righteousness, which is the posture that God wants us to collectively hold, as well as individually hold, but what do you think the changes you might make in your Christian walk, If you were taught sin properly, that sin is a living thing that can actually stalk you. That sin is a living thing that can attack you not only once in the mind, but attack you in parts of your body. So that as the Apostle Paul said, many people nowadays in the end days are burning with lust. What do you think it is that sets the human body ablaze so that people actually feel physical urges in their body sometimes that are so strong that they become molesters and attackers of other people simply because the compulsion is driving them like a truck to smash themselves into the body of another person and cause harm? What changes might you make in your prayer life, in your watchfulness, in your study of the word? And in how you gird yourself up with the armor of God, if you were properly taught in church that sin not only can wait at your door, but it can assume the posture of a lion, which is to lie low so as not to be detectable. That is what a crouch is. A crouch is an offensive and defensive position at the same time. You see wrestlers and sumo wrestlers adopting a crouch because they want to be able to leap upon the opponent and surprise the opponent with speed and with agility and power but at the same time, they do not want to be toppled backwards and thrown out of the ring and disqualified. So a crouch is a very wise posture. If the Bible says that sin can adapt a wise posture What does this tell you? Does this sound like some kind of inert limp glove just lying around and then you can just say, be gone, I cast you off. No, this is a living opponent that is willing to come at you more than once, more than twice, repeatedly, which is why many people today find themselves in what is known as cyclical sin, which is a sin that they commit and then they feel bad and they say that they repent, but it's not real repentance. They repent, and then they cry out to the Lord, or maybe they really are cut in their heart and cut in their conscience, and the Lord pulls them out of that sin. But then because they do not guard against the triggers and the things that lead up to that activity, that behavior, or that particular response that is inside them within no time. They find themselves toppled backwards because of the successful crouch and spring activity of sin. Sin is a tool of Satan. It is a living thing. It is is able to have desires the Lord says that it crouches at the door and its desire is toward you in order for something to have a desire it has to have some semblance of not only life but sentience sentience means the ability to think and anything that has the ability to think is able also to plan and lay traps And it is these traps that many people, saved and unsaved, continue walking in. There is a large potential, there is a large proportion of the church today whose paws are caught in the grip of sin. And these people don't understand that their prayers are baseless before the Lord. They are unclean. They are unable to come and stand before the Lord and make intercession for anyone else until they have properly made intercession for themselves and cleansed themselves of this unrighteous behavior and this unrighteous stance before the Lord. Sin cuts at the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ in us. It cuts us off. From the prevailing presence and power of the Lord God. Sin does not separate you from God's love, but I'm here to let you know that God can love you and He will put you in hell at the end of days if you die in the posture of sin. Sin has only one outcome, and that is to be judged and to be put in the lake of fire. And because the gospel being presented to us in these end days is not the full gospel. It is just a partial cracker and cheese kind of thing. It's almost like a polite when people drop by and you serve them hors d'oeuvres and a few snacks and orange juice in those thin little cups. And then they go home and they say that was really nice of Melanie. But then they sit down and they have meat and potatoes because the body cannot be sustained by crackers and orange juice We need a whole full meal to keep us strong. And so many of the houses of worship today, many of the online pastors today are not preaching the full counsel of God because they are leaving out the important crux of the gospel, which is sin. Now you might say that's heretical. How can she call sin an important crux of the gospel? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that God looked and he found absolutely no man. And so he strengthened himself and he prepared his self, his own deliverer. If there was no sin to deliver mankind from, why do we need Jesus? If sin was something that could easily just be brushed aside, it's a minimal, it's a minimal inconvenience at best. Sin is taught in church as a minimal inconvenience at best. It is not taught to us as something that will snatch your soul and put body and soul into hell for perpetuity, which means forever and ever and ever and ever more. For as long as the Lord shall live, the soul that sins will die over and over and over in the lake of fire, will live in torment over and over again. Sin is as much a core of the gospel message as redemption is because all men sinned in Adam and all men have the opportunity to walk in eternal life through the perfect sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are only taught about the grace that Jesus Christ brings to you, and you are not taught about the sin that always constantly wars against you and that dwells in your members, which means your body parts, your mind, and your heart, then you have not received the full counsel of God. You have not received the full message of the gospel. You have been given crackers, and maybe that's why you're so skinny out there and there's absolutely no power in your spiritual life. And so today, I begin a series that I received from the Lord. The videos in this sin series will be graphic. They will be shocking. They revealed things that I needed to take time to recover from. I am not going to sugarcoat anything on this channel. There's absolutely no benefit to me in doing that if I come and I prophesy half of the Lord's message and I leave the other half out simply because people might be scandalized or people might feel, no, this is too much to bear. It is not true. It is all true. I have seen it in HD and at times I was there and I was not even aware that I was dreaming until the Lord had the mercy to bring me out of these experiences. And so the series that we start today is Profanity of Profanities. And the first one is called Profane. Part one. I received this on June the 12th, 2019, and the Lord was speaking to me. The first thing that the Lord said to me today before I started, in fact, I will read it after I give the definitions. The word profane is defined in the following ways. When you were speaking of religion, profane means something that is related to or devoted to what is not sacred or biblical. So when something is not sacred, when something is not holy, in the, in the sphere of religion, when something is not according to God's word, meaning it's not biblical, then that thing is profane. When something is relating to the world at large, secular, that thing is profane. When you speak of profanity in the individual, it speaks to an individual who is irreverent. An individual who is irreligious, that means that this person professes no faith, this person professes no belief in anything that is outside of him or herself, nothing greater than him or herself. It means somebody who is ungodless, ungodly, or someone who is godless. It also means someone who is unbelieving, and this is very interesting because this word profane applies to a great many Christians today. There are a great many people in the body of Christ claiming that they are Christians who still want to hold an intellectual path. So they want to say, I still have questions about what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. I have questions about a snake talking to Eve. I have questions. Did the 12 plagues really happen? If you are someone who is holding this stance Then you are not actually delving into the Lord's words so that the Lord's word can be opened to you by his spirit for him to show you that he is not limited to you and your history channel background, that he is not limited by what you know or what the limited understanding of modern science claims is possible. And you are using modern science, the history channel, the Gaia channel, and all the channels that are available now to teach you about things that existed before the History Channel people were born. Then you're selling yourself short. You are walking in unbelief and the Lord says that you are profane. It means a person who has no piety, meaning that a person has no respect for what God says is hallowed or sacred. So in in history we might look at the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Romans as people who were profane because whenever these people would come up to Jerusalem, they don't care what the temple is. They don't care who people are worshiping in there. They would enter the temple and even pierce behind the veil looking for costly objects and expensive things. They would burn the temple down and they did it twice. And what this means is that a person absolutely has no respect for what is godly and does not keep the boundaries of what God says is holy. A profane person is someone who is disrespectful. So uh, here in New York City, it's so easy to find that kind of person. Their mouth announces them before you even see their body coming. Many times I simply hear people walking by in the street outside my window using words that if they were live splotches of paint, they would have completely plastered my windows over as those words hit against the glass. People need to understand out there, if you still have a dirty mouth, if you still have a dirty tongue, that is actually coming from the chamber of your heart. For out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth does confess. So the things that come out of your mouth are a blueprint, a photo, a snap of what is actually on the inside of you. And for that reason, it is very easy to see how many people are profane. When you use the word profanity or profane to describe language and actions, you are talking about language and actions that are obscene, that are blasphemous, indecent, foul, vulgar, crude, filthy, smutty, coarse, rude, and offensive. Now this last word offensive, hasn't it really come to life in the last five to ten years? The truth of God is now also listed among the offensive things that people can say. So nowadays, when you preach the Bible in all truth, it doesn't matter if you are actually speaking eternal things that were uttered by the God who created all flesh. People still say that's offensive. And that's because times change, but truth does not. There was a time in the United States, there was a time in the world where when you spoke the truth of God, it had its intended outcome, which is to penetrate the armor of the heart and twist in a person like a sharp knife until they felt convicted and they realized that their life was out of alignment with God's plan. And so because God's word is the truth that keeps a never changing trajectory, people understood that if they had bent off, to the right, or off to the left, they were the one who were supposed to come back in alignment to God's truth. But that's no longer the case. Now it's all about feelings and personalized views of truth. And so you can speak the truth of God's word and be absolutely trucked by the general peanut gallery telling you these words are offensive, or you don't have to say it like that. Or my favorite, don't judge. So profane. Today, before I started the video, the simple thing the Lord said to say is that when you are profane, you are just unclean. And to those who love the Old Testament, once you hear the word unclean, it makes all the sense. You could not offer to God an unclean sacrifice You could not come into the presence of God if you had your ritual impurity on you as a woman. You could not come into the presence of God if you had been with your wife because that is a natural human process that was unclean and could not come near the temple. You couldn't bring to God an unclean animal, an animal that had a blemish, that had a spot that was lame or that was blind in one eye. It was not a perfect animal and therefore it was not fit to offer to God. And so profanity is anything that is unclean. The words of your mouth, the meditations of your mind that nobody can see. A lot of people are neck deep in sin that is not visible. So everybody goes after those who commit visible sins, those who wear their sin in their pride colors or things like that. And most of us forget that sometimes the most egregious sins, the worst sins are lying in the cradle of the heart and you're walking to work in your suit. And absolutely absolutely nobody knows what a craven person you actually are. And so God says that profanity is simply the act or the state of being unclean. It is the exact opposite to what God finds holy. The profane thing is at the furthest end of the spectrum from where God defines himself. And so if you are profane, you are at the furthest possible space from where God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son can be found. When you're profane, it's basically God telling you, you look nothing like me. Everything about you is what I hate. It's what I can't stand, and it is the antithesis of me. When you depart from sin and you rid yourself of iniquity, this filthiness that I, the Lord, see upon you, when you turn from sin, fall on your knees and seek me in repentance, that is when I will hallow you. I will cover you with my with my presence, and I will make you like me. Then will I sanctify you, and I will take you out of the midst of the people, and I will make you personally mine. Then I will wash you with water, which is the words of the scripture, and I will rub you with salt, so that you can be cleansed and purified, just as salt removes filth. Then I will rub you with oil, I will heal all of your foul and stinking wounds, and your previous lifestyle will be rubbed with a healing balm, until... You are different, then when I gaze upon you once more, you will look like me, you will be my people, and I will be your God. And so the Lord is describing the process that we must go through in order to rid ourselves of sin. Ridding yourself of sin isn't as easy as saying, okay, I'm going to cut off this friend. Okay, I'm going to switch off this particular website on the internet. Okay, I'm not going to hang out with those women anymore because they definitely increase my ability to gossip and traffic and second and third hand information. It's not as simple as that. You can cut off the branches of sin, but until you kill and uproot with Lyme, the roots of sin inside the spirit, inside you, it will always grow and flourish again. And in a season or two, you will find yourself back in the, same, in the same pattern. And so the Lord wants us to enter into his holy presence and he wants us to be part of a family of righteousness. There are many people out there who practice what my old pastor used to call me, my four and no more. This is where you work on your own righteousness and you're working on the righteousness of your children and your husband and you're encouraging those people in your immediate circle and you just don't give a hoot about anyone else. This is very prevalent in the modern church today here in the United States where people are completely fixated on the rapture and they actually do not care about any other culture that has not yet had the time to awaken to who the Lord Jesus Christ is and give their lives to them. And these are some of the things that God has spoken in the America series that will cause a lot of grieving and anger here. Because as the time for the Lord to capture his people and take them to safety tarries when it does not come year after year and instead we do enter into what has been prophesied on this channel which is the reign of the beast and the hardships that he will bring to this nation and to many other nations in the world. When the sky doesn't open and suck you up like a vacuum and you find that you actually need to go through the time of purification where God will be looking into the heart of the average American Christian to see will you choose me under pressure or will you buckle and fold and choose your own comfort or save your own skin that will be a time in the earth where many people will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and flock to his feet I've shared this it's called the revolving door prophecy As people wait and wait and become disheartened and discouraged as to why Jesus is not showing up. According to schedule, many in the Muslim world and many in other nations who bow to false idols. The Lord says that they will cast their idols away and they will flock to the life-saving gospel of the one known as Jesus Christ. But the church will grow offended and mass, and many will depart. That is why it is called a revolving door. Those who have walked with Jesus for a long time will walk out on him offended and angry that he didn't keep his end of the bargain, that he never actually told them when the time was going to be. It was just their lying pastors on TVN that led them to believe this. And now they're waking up to the fact that they've been misled. And instead of being angry at the pastors, they'll be angry at God. But that is not what the Lord is concerned with. He said in the scriptures, and I am here to say before I end this video, the Lord Jesus said, When John the Baptist was mad because he was in prison and he thought that Jesus being his cousin and Jesus being Jesus would definitely show up, punch Herod two black eyes and get John out so that they could continue doing the amazing things where one was baptizing and one was being God. It didn't work out that way. Jesus began to start his ministry and Jesus began to follow his God-given mandate. And that part of that did not include rescuing John. And so John was offended and he sent his servants to ask Are you the Christ or are we waiting for another? Because he was basically saying, if you are indeed Jesus Christ, surely you have the power to get me out of here. And Jesus said, go back and tell John that the blind do see, the lame do walk, the sick are being healed, and many miracles are being performed. But here's the point. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And so as we start the sin series, we are going to hear many things about lifestyle choices, about paths that people are taking in their lives. This may be your son, this may be your daughter, this might be you. You will hear things that will challenge your traditional ideas of what sin are, of what sin is. But all I can say is, blessed is the one who is not offended by the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who wants to listen. Blessed is the one who wants to hear and draw near and say, God, teach me how to rinse and cleanse my garments so that I may escape the wrath to come. Teach me how to be a light and not darkness. Teach me so that my whole body can be filled with light so my eyes can be filled with light and so I will not be struggling with eyes that could get me cast into the lake of hell so that I will not be struggling with hands or struggling with inner appetites that are raging so strong against me. People are raging against addictions. They are raging against drugs, not even the drugs that are sold on the streets. A lot of people are in the grip of prescription drugs. Maybe they had an accident, maybe they needed it and now it's been five, ten years, Five, ten years and you can't get off it. Um, that your psychiatrist is prescribing for you five ten years and you can't get off it because you have back pain and you do not understand that the continuous use of these things actually caused there to become a root of dependency in you. And that root of dependency actually becomes a yoke around your neck that Satan begins to use and keep you as a dog on a leash, as a slave on a leash, and you cannot get free. And it is time. Some people are addicted to tobacco. Some people are addicted to these little puffy that have the rechargeable batteries that drop out of them. All the children are using them now, the 9 and 10-year-old children. I don't know what they're called. Some people are addicted to pornography. Some people are addicted to switching out their sexual partners. They're never satisfied. And you don't understand that lust has earthed itself in your members, meaning that it has squatted down into a firm, crouching posture. And it is holding you as prey and it will not let you go. Some people are slaves to pride, slaves to their Bible knowledge. Imagine the ridiculousness of being elevated to pride simply because you have studied the word of God. The fruit of the word of God is supposed to present and produce humbleness in you and instead you become puffed and lifted up walking around with a King Nebuchadnezzar heart willing to get into keyboard arguments with everyone and yet you're calling yourself a Christian. You're dealing with prejudice. You're dealing with lust. You're dealing with covetousness. You have a terrible relationship with your parents. You're not honoring your parents and then you're wondering what's going on in your own personal life. Why are your kids so disrespectful? You are reaping the very seeds that you sowed and so there are so many things that count as sin but because we have been taught in church to see them like apple seeds, teeny tiny sins and we all want to get angry and go out after the people who are committing abortion go out after the people who are in their gender confusion and their gender insecurities we want to go out after the leaders because god has said that they're keeping children in the tunnels they're the real sinners shock and surprise sin is global. Sin is universal. Sin is everywhere. And guess what? Everybody has dropped their little penny or their little quarter or their little dollar into the universal cash bowl that is causing this planet to sink under the weight of sin. And that is what I have to say today on The Master's Voice. So thank you so much for being with me. I'm Celestial and this is The Master's Voice. I have delivered the introduction to, I think, what is a six or seven part series called Profanity of Profanities. And today we have discussed what sin is and what it means to be profane. I'll see you here again soon, but until that time, the Lord be with you and goodbye.